plans for my crazy day. My packed commute. All those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. <laughs> Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. You are locked on Packers, your daily podcast on the Green Bay Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are Locked On Packers. Hello, this is Bill Huber, the publisher of PackerReport.com, part of the Scout.com and CBS Sports.com networks. In today's show, we're going to pick up from where we left off yesterday by looking at the Packers' free agents on defense. Before we get going with that, I'd like to remind you to check out the rest of the great Locked On Podcast Network, which includes Locked On NFL Draft, which I think ranks number 60 of every podcast on iTunes. So it's a huge podcast and a lot of great information and, of course, check out my website, PackerReport.com. I've got a lot of drafts up, up there, according to a few stories and players the Packers have interviewed. A list that includes T.J. Watt, Marlon Humphrey, the cornerback from Alabama, and another story that I wrote last night. A busy news day yesterday for the Packers. First, it was getting close to the deadline to tender exclusive rights for agents. It's kind of a, a misnomer, that term, because they, they're not free at all. They are guys who finished two years in the NFL, and the team controls them should they choose to do so, and the Packers chose to do so. According to sources, told me the Packers tendered inside linebacker Joe Thomas, receiver Geronimo Allison, and running back Don Jackson. No surprises with either of those. Christian Ringo has been tendered according to the Green Bay Press-Gazette, and punter Jake Shum was tendered about a week ago according to ESPN, and that leaves... Fullback Joe Carriage and running back John Crockett. Um, I do not know what they did with those guys. I'm going to assume Carriage is coming back. I have not heard anything on that. And with Jackson back, I'm not sure what that means for Crockett. And I, you know, I, I, I don't recall after Crockett suffered the injury, that shoulder injury, by about midseason. I don't, I don't recall seeing him. I'm in, usually, when you don't see players, out of sight becomes out of mind, and you wonder if that's the end for John Crockett. And of course, that's uh, ignoring the big news of the day, and that would be the four-game suspension for defensive tackle Latroy Guyon. That's uh, for performance-enhancing substances, according to the NFL press release. According to ESPN.com's Rob Domoski, the Packers have restructured Guyon's contract, or Guyon agreed to restructure, is probably the better way to put that, which kind of kicks his uh, bonus money down the road a little bit, which probably ensures that he will not be released because of this. Not that he had a, a great deal of, of bonus money coming up, but he did restructure. But this is, of course, suspension number two for Guyon. He was set out the start of the 2015 season for that arrest done in Florida where they found you know, a handgun and marijuana and stuff. He was suspended for that as well. So two suspensions for Guyon. It was going to be Daniels and Kenny Clark as the starting tandem. I think that was pretty clear um, by the way things are progressing at the end of last season where Guyan was decent, but Kenny Clark had really asserted himself. And you know, I looked it up th- during the playoffs. Clark and Guyan played the exact same number of snaps. But Guyan's a good player for what he does. He, he, led the, he led the defensive line in tackles per snap 
Um, far ahead of Mike Daniels. Really, really good player against the run. Really, really um, useless player against the pass. He had no sacks and three quarterback hits, according to the coaches. So a uh, really, he should be a run-only player at this point in his career, and it's going to be Daniels and Clark going forward. And I assume, based on the Packers redoing his contract, that guy will be back in some summer fashion, some former fashion after that four-game suspension. All right, let's dig into the defensive side of the ball. Um, just to review the quote-unquote legal tampering period, a.k.a. the start of the negotiating period, was yesterday, and that allows other teams to talk to the Packers free agents. That started at um, 11 a.m. Central Time yesterday. The signing period begins at 3 p.m. Central Time on Thursday. We hit on the offense yesterday, and that list includes running back Eddie Lacy, guard T.J. Lang, tight end Jared Cook, and center J.C. Treader. Kind of the same story in defense with some of their top players in the roster. And that is first and foremost, outside linebacker Nick Perry. And the Packers just have to sign him, don't they? And look, he's going to get paid a lot of money. He's coming off a career-best season of 11 sacks. And he's always been one of the best run-stopping linebackers in the league. Pro Football Focus has a stat called run stops, which is essentially impact tackles. Um... For instance, a first and 10 tackle, which stops a play to three yards or less, would be called a stop. And Perry led the entire NFL among three, four outside linebackers in run stop percentage. And that'd be the percentage of plays in which he got a run stop. He was number one in the league in that stat. So, one of the best two A players in the league at that position, really the only question mark. Concerning Perry is his injury history. In six in five seasons, excuse me, five seasons, he's missed a combined 16 games in his one full season. He missed two games this year with the broken hand. He's broken that thing twice now. I, I think I mean that's just a freak injury, right? I, I don't I'm not sure how much you count that against him. Maybe you weigh the fact that he's never played a full 16 games as a factor, that there's always something wrong, but I'm not sure that the hand specifically has anything to do with anything. But Perry's going to get a lot of money. And, look, the Packers are $40 million under the cap. We've talked about this before. $40 million under. That breaks 13th in the league. So they, in the league average, according to the NFL data, is a little over $35 million. So Green Bay is basically slightly above average on cap space. But when your defense is bad, how are you better Losing your best player. And I would say that Nick Perry was their best player on defense last year. Better than Mike Daniels. Better than Clinton Dix. I would say Perry was their best guy. How on earth are you a better defense when you lose your best player? To me, Perry is a must-resign. And then I know the Journal Sentinel reported that um, his team is expecting him to... By his team, I mean his agents. Are expecting him to receive upwards of $10 million per year. If you're Green Bay, you've just got to go for that because you are not a better defense without him. Even though this is a really, really, really good class of outside linebackers. We'll, we'll get into that here in a minute. 
Is Democracy in Danger or Decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst. Also outside linebacker, Julius Peppers, 37 years old now, seven and a half sacks. Now he's production ran hot and cold last year where he'd get a sack, make some impact plays, or he would do really nothing at all. But to me, depending of course on the price here, I would bring him back. Now look, he clearly played way too many snaps this past season because of, you know, Clay Matthews got hurt and Perry went down for a while and, and all that stuff. But I think um, in the proper dosage, and I think I think there's a use for peppers. Look, pass rushers don't grow on trees, and he can still go get them. So if, if I'm Green Bay and the price is right, I would uh, I would definitely try to get peppers back in here. The other outside linebacker, Dayton Jones, the former first-round pick, he had one sack this year. But he also led the team in quarterback hits. So he was impactful, just not impactful enough. So again, I think, I think if the price is right, you'd like to have him back here. And I, and I think you probably have to have Jones or Peppers. I don't, I don't know if you need to have both. You probably have to have one of the two. Otherwise, now you're in the market for a whole bunch of outside linebackers. And you just, you just, you just add it to your, your list of needs. But... Jones is a tough player against the run. He's impactful against the pass, but just not a finisher. And you know, I, I, I've got, I keep thinking this, that either Jones resigns with Green Bay or he's looking to sign with a 4-3 defensive team. He played 4-3 and at UCLA and some tackle. Outside linebacker just didn't work out for him. I mean, he was fine during his last couple of years here when he, when he moved that position. But if, I went, if I'm Dayton, I, I'm thinking... You know, maybe a position change in a new scheme is what I need, and, and I'm going to go try to find a 4-3 team that wants me to play and go there. So that's that's my thinking there with with with, uh, with Dayton. And this is the same story as I got into yesterday. With the guards, uh, with, with, uh, with TJ Lang, with tight end Jared Cook, with running back Eddie Lacy. You'd like to get all those guys back, but it's a very strong draft class at all those positions, and Maybe the best position of this entire draft are the edge rushers. I'm thinking Tennessee's uh, um, Barnett will be off the board. But I mean, here are guys in alphabetical order who would be legit first-round options. Missouri's Charles Harris, Auburn's Carl Lawson, UCLA's Tack McKinley, Wisconsin's TJ Watt. And um, if you're looking at the Elephant guys to replace Peppers or, and Dayton Jones. You got Michigan's Taco Charlin and Florida State's Demarcus Walker, who would all fit the bill there. So I just gave you six guys who are legit first round players. No reaches here. Six guys who you can go replace Perry or Jones or Peppers if you feel like you need to do that. So, like I mentioned with those other positions. If you're Thompson, you have to, you, you have to you have to have a cutting 
a cutting off point, mind, don't you, on how much you're going to pay Nick Perry. And if Perry gets over, you know, $10 million a year, you say, screw it, I'm going to go draft the guy in the first round. And this is a really good class, like I mentioned. You know who I like coming out of the just the combine interviews? was Tack McKinley. McKinley's played the last two years of the shoulder injury. Um, he went through his full combine workout. And then he had surgery. Of course, the problem with that is the timeline for his recovery, he said it's four to six months. You know, four months takes us to, what, it's sort of March now, sort of, sort of April to May to June to July. He's fine there. If it's a six-month timeline, you're talking, he's right up against week one. So you're in danger of missing your number one draft pick for, hell, the first month of the year? Um, but that's, this is a really good player. A do-it-all player. For UCLA last year, 10 sacks, 18 tackles for losses. So that means he had eight against running plays. That's good. Six passes defensed. Three forced fumbles. I mean, here's a guy who, who did everything. And he seems like a tailor-made 3-4. He's super intelligent. He's tough, as he's shown you. I really like him. And the other, of course, is T.J. Watt, the former Badger. And, of course, the brother of J.J. Watt. I have a story and video, actually separate, a story and a uh, video up at PackerReport.com. Both free stories on J.J. or T.J., excuse me. I'm talking about his brother. I'm talking about family. Humorously reassuring me when I said, T.J., I have kids that are four and six. He's seven, my, it's like four and seven now. But when I talked to TJ, it was four and six. I got, I got kids who are four and six. They fight all the time over everything. And what was it like between you guys? He said they fought, they were fought over everything. They're competitive over everything. But then, then he said, but now we love each other and, and your guys will be just fine. So I, I appreciated the humor there on his part. But those guys seem tailor-made. You know, obviously the upside of TJ Watt is you're not projecting him to be a 3-4 outside linebacker. He did that at Wisconsin. So, look, we got a long time to get into the draft. So I'm not going to get too, too in-depth on these guys now. But those guys fit. And then you got Charlton, Taco Charlton, and Demarcus Walker to fit that elephant spot. Um, Charlton, 9.5 sacks, 13.5 tackles for losses. Walker, 16 sacks, 21.5 tackles for losses. Could be real impact players there. So, again... We've got all the depth to choose from. Do you really need to spend, break the bank to re-sign Nick Perry? Now, I say you do, but if you're Thompson, I I can see saying I can um, dedicate my resources better elsewhere by not forking over $10 million for one player. So it's going to be, as so many of these agents are, it's going to be fascinating to see what happens with those guys. And the other big name is Micah Hyde, the Packers' do-it-all defensive back. Who he's got he's he's a, he's got flaws as a player. I mean, he's probably not big enough to be a full-time safety. He's not fast enough to be a full-time corner. But by God, that guy does everything, and he does it at a high level. Where the guy takes three roster spots up. Basically, when you between he can play corner, he can play safety, and he can return kicks. He's in his train. He's done. He's really, really. He's done all that at a high level. And you wonder how much Hyde's going to get. To if it's the scouts looking at Hyde, they're going to see him getting beaten coverage because he's not fast enough. 
and say, you know what? Packers can have them. If it's the coaches getting involved, I think that's when Hyde's value goes up. Because the coach is going to say, my God, look at this guy. He, he does everything. And, you know, he, he's, he played safety. He's really good in the slot. He can, he can get by in a pinch at corner on the outside. I want this guy. He's a good punt returner. I want this guy. So it'll be interesting to see the market for Hyde. And like I mentioned with Perry, if you're Green Bay and your pass defense is god-awful last year, how on earth are you better without Hyde? I mean, down the stretch last year, Hyde had four interceptions and seven passes defensive. It was, he, was, he, was, he was the only guy who could make a play in the secondary, and I, I just don't see how this team is any better without Hyde. Now, again, like, this falls right in line with the depth of this draft. This Derek draft is loaded with corners. It is loaded with safeties where you can replace Hyde. And one guy I like, if you're talking just from a nickel perspective, Colorado's Chidobwe Awuzi. If I'm pronouncing his name, I apologize. Like, like I mentioned yesterday, I really, do, I really need to do my homework, not just on what I'm going to talk about and the players, but how to pronounce guys' names. Now, we'll see if I actually ever pull that off because I keep... I keep saying I'm going to do it, but I never do it. So <laughs> I'll, t- I'll talk no action on that one. Um, this guy is one put-together dude. And he's got muscles on top of muscles. Um, senior year, he had one interception, 13 pass breakups, four sacks, two forced fumbles. During his career, um, this might remind you of someone. He played corner. He played nickel. He played safety. He even played some outside linebacker. Sounds a bit like Mike High, doesn't it? So Awuzie is, is a player. You're talking a you know a second round, third round kind of guy. Fifth in school history with 35 pass breakups, and yet he had nine sacks and 26 tackles for losses. Here's a guy who's very active, and if you need a slot guy. You know, and there's in a lot of these top corners, and this again, it's a loaded class of corners. But in that, I mean, this guy is a tailor-made slot cornerback, and if you're if that's what you're looking for, if you were to lose Hyde, if you lose Hyde and you have absolutely no confidence whatsoever that Quentin Rollins is capable of handling that position, or I guess even Randall to some extent, but I mean, that really should be Rollins' spot because Rollins is the more physical guy and, and playing nickel requires you to be physical because you're an extra run defender at times. If you're not confident, if you lose high and you're not confident that you have a nickel on the roster, I'm going out and getting a woozy. That's my guy. So it'll be again interesting to see how the Packers treat Hyde. I would think I would think they'd bring him back because you're you're no, you're, you're not better, but again it, it's all it depends on the money. And how much is a team willing to pay a guy who maybe shouldn't be an every-down player, but he can be based on what you need? And that will do it for this episode of Lockdown Packers. My sincere thank you for listening. Have a great day. And don't get blown away if you go outside. If you're from the Green Bay area, we're in like 36 hours now of like 35-mile-an-hour winds. And uh, So be safe out there, and I will talk to you tomorrow.
Is Democracy in Danger or Decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org catalyst.